from magical movies. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw, that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. Do you want to build a snowman? Or ride our bike around the I don't care how you kill the little beast, but do it! And do it now! You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. For the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff. Look, have I got it? The magic feather. Now you can fly. Ohana means family. Just a sec. Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? <laughs> That's very funny. I'm taking you to someplace pretty special. You won't find him here. <laughs> the king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glosson and Teresa Delgado. And hello and welcome to the return of Disney Vault Talk. This is the show where we walk through the animated films of Disney, yay, verily on into Pixar, which we are into the Pixar films now. My name is Steve Glosson, so glad to be along with you on the most magical podcast on the internet. And oh, I've got a happy story to tell. That I did not even bring up in our pre-show prep, but I am going to bring it up terribly when I bring in uh, the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. And daggum you! Computer! Computer! I can't... Okay, here we go. All right. Gee whiz. You try to do something, you try to have a little production value, and here we go. What? Come on. <laughs> Man. As I said, she's the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. She's been working a new job. I've been experiencing a new life, but we're back together and the magic is about to take place. You can feel the magic building in our hands as though we're like Yoda catching force lightning and sticking it back to Count Dooku. That's Disney. This is Disney Vault Talk. I'm Steve Glosson, and of course, with me as always is the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. What's up? Oh my god, I'm so excited. Here we go. Teresa, welcome back. Kachow, Steve. Kachow, kachuga. Kachuga, kachuga. <laughs> oh, that was so dumb. How's it going, my friend? Wow. Uh, well, it's going pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's been 
practically six months, and life has changed a lot. Yes. My job and what I'm doing, but I'm happier and things feel really good, and work doesn't feel like work. It just feels like I'm going to a second home, and it's awesome. Well, fantastic. Everybody I work with is freaking fantastic. My kids are wonderful. It's amazing. So I'm good. I'm really good. Great. Fantastic. How are you? Um, I'm doing really, really good. A lot has changed. In fact, I guess our last show we did was in June. Yeah. About a month after our last show, uh, I got officially engaged. Yeah, yeah. And about uh, five months after that, actually four months after that, three months, July, August, well, July to August, August, September, September, October, October, boom. I'm doing the math. Do you need a calendar? Well, about four months after that, uh, I got married. And so I am married. Sorry, ladies. Yeah, and I'm, also pictures got posted today. Finally, they I've sure been did. Dying well, we just got the pictures. Them. We just got the pictures back like this past weekend. So, well, they're fabulous, and yeah. you look fantastic. Haley is gorgeous. She's oh my beautiful. gosh, yep. it was just—I was like so happy. I was bouncing in my chair. <laughs> it was a great day. There was a lot of good cake, a lot of good cookies, and um, and it was a great day. So. And surrounded by family and people we love, and it was it was wonderful. In fact, um, from the Golaverse, uh, Shaz Bazaar made his way up from Dothan, Alabama, to wow. to be at the wedding. So that was really nice of him. I didn't get to come. Well, you were in Texas, and I just you know, you you were there in spirit. Was I? Was I though? You, <laughs> there was a lot of cake and cookies. Yeah, and I didn't get to enjoy. <laughs> I'm over here, just like, okay. Well, you know. Oh, and also, yeah. see what's weird is I text you and say, like, happy wedding day. Mm-hmm. And I message Haley. Who responds? Haley. Oh, well, uh, did you message me on the day of the wedding? Yeah. Yeah, that was a, let me tell you something. That was a whirlwind of a day for me. And, and then once we got to where we were going for the honeymoon, there was no cellular service whatsoever and no Wi-Fi in our cabin. So we were absolutely unplugged from the grid for that's a really week. Good, no, oh, that's, it was that's glorious. Great. That's great. But before y'all went there, Haley still mm. messaged me back. <laughs> well, so. hey, I mean, Teresa, let's be honest. Haley is a better person than I am. <laughs> I, I married up. I mean, I, I really did. I outkicked my coverage. I married up, all that good stuff. So, yeah, she's a better person than I am. And two, she was super excited to have been messaged by you because. The one thing um, that I have found out since I've been with Haley is she loves Disney Vault Talk. Now, I I, know. I do all these other podcasts, but she loves Disney Vault Talk. And her favorite part of Disney Vault Talk? Which part? Disney okay. Watch and the fun facts. Oh, good. So. <laughs> good. I love those parts, too. Yeah, no, I I already love Haley. She's like my sister. I already love Haley as well. So, <laughs> which is convenient. Yeah, it works out. It works out great. <laughs> works out great. So, yeah, big life changes for both of us. You're back in athletic training, yes. which is what you train to do. I'm married, which no one ever trained me to do. Never thought that would happen, <laughs> but here we are, loving life. And um and it's a happily ever after kind of thing. So, it's good times. And now you have a pot animal. Mhm. Yeah, we yep. 
There was a dog that was brought into our marriage, and so now I, the, the listeners of the Big Honkin' Show will know that I have to sleep with one eye open because of the animal apocalypse. I trust no animal. So, whatever. What kind of dog is it? Well, here's can I? I'm gonna. I'm now gonna put uh, Haley on blast, as they used to say. Haley, whenever you ask, "Hey, what kind of dog is it?" she would always say, "He's a rescue." To which I had oh, to tell, cute. "Yeah, well, uh, wait a minute, hold on. Rescue's not a breed. <laughs> you know? No, it's not, but it's cute." <laughs> He is a cute dog. He's a bit of a mutt. He has some kind of Shih Tzu in him, you know, which is an uncomfortable thing to say some on a family. Some kind of what? Shih Tzu. Which what was is, that? What was that? Shih Tzu, which is an uncomfortable word to say on a family-friendly podcast as a pastor. Um, but, you know, he's got that and, and something else. He's got a little frou-frou-y tail. But, frou-frou tail. But the rest of him is all man. So, he's a... And he <laughs> knows. say that. Like Harry, my boy cat. You know, he's he's a big boy cat. He's a chicken and a girl, man. Hmm. He's so wimpy. Well, Zari is he's a he's a needy dog. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, he's he's kinda got a little cat in him though, because sometimes he's all snuggle bunny and then other times he's like, I'll just sit over here on my I'll, <clears throat> I will just sit over here on my pillow and ignore you. That's his voice. That's the voice I gave Zari many That's years Zari's ago. Voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nice. His favorite thing is having pajama parties. <laughs> <laughs> Do you dress your dog up? No, I don't believe in that. I think that's against the laws of nature. He doesn't get clothes or like little... Haley has a bow tie part. she'll hang from his collar for Easter. And then for Christmas, she has like something she does for like a scarf or something for Christmas. It's a sweater. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, here's a funny story. Here's a dog story for you. So my dog socks spelled S O K S. When he was don't you hush. I just think it's like to make sure it goes back to the whole spelling your name right. Okay, but his name was Nicholas Socks because he was a Christmas dog. Mm. So he was never mind. Socks was for stockings, but I didn't want to call them stockings. Gotcha. Yeah. So I named him Socks S O K S, and we were putting a sweater on him for the very first time. Well, he freaked out before I could get the sweater over his head, and he ran headfirst into the entertainment center. And then just mm. sat back, like, dazed. I'm like, I'm pretty mm. sure you have a doggy concussion. It was very funny, though. Did he know where he was? Did he, could he tell how many fingers yeah, you were holding up? he was able up? to walk later. Yeah. You know, later? Just- <laughs> later? <laughs> well, I mean, like, five minutes later, I, we ran over to him and, you know cuddled and snuggled him and yeah. you're okay you're okay and he's like i am okay i am okay that's true <laughs> that's true um i have one other as kind of this isn't on the on the dock but i did want to tell you one other fun story from just today Teresa. oh in 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 the times that i've traveled to disney to disney world i should say do you've you never know, met goofy okay my big regret i've never met goofy exactly okay um so today, Disney and Met Goofy. No, today. No, no, no. That's no. not. No, that's not the story. Today, I was helping a friend out. Well, do you remember Lethargic Chewy? Yes. He's become one of my good friends. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's a professor at a local college here in town, and he had some finals today. And and part of the final was the students had to interact with some strangers. 
Oh, and so so he safe. so he asked me to come and be one of the strangers that they have to interact with. Like he, I mean, it's people he knows that he brings in to do this exercise with them. Yeah, but you're not a stranger. Well, to these people, I was to these students, I was. So I guess well they don't if you don't know someone like but like in ten seconds you're not a stranger anymore. Okay, well right. Well and and once we got to know each other I was not a stranger anymore. So stranger danger. So I sit down with this student and he's got on his backpack, he's got a little stormtrooper, like Lego stormtrooper keychain. Nice. And he's got uh, a little, I don't know if what you call them. They're like backpack clips of like little stuffed animals, I guess. I don't know if they're backpack. Anyhow, one is Tigger and one is Goofy. And so I say, oh, man, I like your uh, backpack stuff there. He's like, thanks. I, I did a semester of the college work program at Disney. And I'm like, well, that's really cool, man. So we did our little thing. We got to talking about that again later. And I said, so when were you down there? And he was down there in the fall of 2016, just barely a couple of months after the last time I was there. Mm-hmm. And um, and I said, so what'd you do? And he's like, well, I was a character. And um, Wait, you mean he was friends with someone? Yes, I'm sorry. He he did. Yes, he was friends with someone. Okay. Is that how you're supposed to say it? Yes. Okay. He was Their little kids listen to this show. Okay. Well, fine. Edit. He told me he was friends with someone. Well, this totally ruins my whole thing then. Anyhow. Oh, okay, fine. Does everybody here know and understand that the characters at Disney are actually people? I think, Sorry. I think, Did I just ruin that for everyone? Wow. You just Let's talk about 180s. <laughs> Let's talk about 180 well, real okay. quick. Well, okay, I started thinking about it, and I think on the show we've talked about how I wanted to audition to be a character, yeah. to be a chipmunk. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, so yeah. go ahead. I think I think even little kids know that, but it's magical when you're there. I mean, even as an adult, knowing that, oh, it's still... Oh, trust me, I know, because I meet characters every time. Yeah, I mean, remember Kylo Ren? <laughs> so, Do I ever. Anyhow, uh, so he he was Goofy and Tigger. Down at Disney World during nice. his time there, so I probably met him then. In a way, I've met Goofy. Mm, yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> it doesn't count until you have a picture. I know, but it's still a start. Yeah, that's a start. Yeah, it was a start. Yeah, it made me. I thought I'll it was pretty cool. Anyhow, I just thought it was cool to bump into someone who's a who's a fan, and I turned him onto the podcast and everything. Oh, cool! So, yeah, I'm like maybe he'll listen to Disney Vault Talk. That's what I did. I was that's the podcast to which well, I'm referring. When you say the podcast, I mean there are like seven. Well, I was referring to the one that we are currently doing. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So, who in the chat said this? Who did Cliff said that's not the real Vader? No, no he died. Not. He died a he long did. time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and he doesn't dance. So true. There's that. True. There's that. So or as the kids say, facts. Facts. Really? Kids say that now? That is one of the... So getting back into what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. I have to learn millennial speak. I don't actually speak it back to them. Right. The only one I have picked up is facts. Okay, facts. That's it. I can deal with that. Some of the other ones I will just never say. I don't blame you for that. (laughs) Yeah, there has to be some separation between the, the adults and the children in the room. Oh, please, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, please. It's really easy. It's really easy, too, when you hear them all call each other, bruh. Oh, my gosh. My kids have started doing that. Uh, and I'm like, what are you guys they, doing? They just break out doing the floss. Again, can't. Yeah. I just can't. Well, I can't do the floss. I've tried. 
No, um, I can't either. I think it's specifically made for kids. All right, Teresa, I, I think that you can. I think you need to watch a tutorial on YouTube and then video yourself and put it up on the Goldiverse Facebook of you doing, of you flossing. Uh-uh. Okay, have you encountered Baby Shark? You know what? I encountered Baby Shark years ago in Thank the 90s. You. Thank you. When I was a kid, yeah. there was Baby Shark. So yes. I don't understand what is with this resurgence of Baby Shark. Like, yeah. it's new. Because it was on some weird kid show. And I, It's been around for, I know. It's been around forever. For we used forever. to do it at church camp way back in the day. Well, what the equivalent of church camp way back in the day just being silly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, okay, so on the latest episode of Star Wars Bookworms, mm-hmm. there's uh, we started talking about Dianogas, and then, because from this comic, and... Dianoga, do, 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 do. So we started doing <laughs> Baby Dianoga, do, 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 do. <laughs> I think it'd be fun, hold on, I think it'd be fun to do, um, instead of trying to do Baby Grandpa, just start with... Dianoga, do, 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 and then go to like, there's a wampa, do, 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 do. Oh my gosh, that's great. You should do a song. And an accolade, do, 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 do. Yes. Grandpa Nerf, do, 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 do. It's a tauntaun, do, It's a. That's. That was my tauntaun. All right. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, our friend Stephanie has done it again. Yeah, but you know what's funny is I didn't even remember that we did this one. Didn't remember it at all. Ep- this was an episode that Sarah from Skywalking Through Neverland was on. Mm-hmm. It was and our Sword in the Stone episode. Yeah, and I c- didn't even realize. Yep. He said he had he was had some special projects, Disney Vault Talk, and I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. This was one of them, and I was like, "Oh goodness!" Well, this was that was before. Um, that was before he had ever done anything. Any of the Rebel Yells, because we, the, the Rebel Yell, the Thrawn stuff for Rebel Yell was the first time he chimed in with his amazing talent and ability. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I lost you there for a second. <laughs> no, I was drinking, Doctor. Oh, okay. I know I was drinking. Um, and, and then, and so he did the whole Thrawn thing. He did like three or four Thrawn videos for us. And that's when I began to get comfortable saying, Stuffity, please Not do this. For your love. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so then he did the Mary Poppins thing set to oh, MC amazing. Hammer, which was glorious. And I, there are just times where we would think of stuff, I guess, and I didn't know to call upon the powers of Stuffity. But. I guess he is remembering and going back through and remembering things. And um I think he's made a list. Yeah. Actually. And so uh so this was one of them. And it's on Vimeo. It's the Duel of the Fates Wizards Duel. Or the Wizard Duel of the Fates. It's amazing. It's so great. There's a link to it uh on the Goliverse Facebook group. And so you can check it out there. But it it is Merlin and Madame Mim doing their wizard's duel to the Duel of the Fates music. Yeah, and I'll send out a tweet with the link uh, from our Twitter account as well. It's it's awesome, but you know what's even more fun than the videos? It's- Joining him live on Twitch or on YouTube. <laughs> I'm just saying. And he, he let us know this time when he was going live, mm-hmm. and so I joined on, and I like to send him, you know, like, 
comments and stuff because right. he's so far ahead of us. And so it was like 8.30 in the morning his time. And my first comment was, don't tell me what happens tomorrow morning. I don't want it ruined. <laughs> and he was like looking at it. And he read it and he's like, what? And he was like, oh, right. He's like, nothing so far. He didn't understand. <laughs> okay. Nothing's going on. Just this. Well, he also did, and it was on, it, I think it was just in his, it, an idea he had. He did the whole solo thing and, yes. and mix it with space and You balls. and I were both on giving him comments. And I just it. happened to find him doing that one night. And I'm like, and suddenly you and I are both sitting there just watching stuff he put together this video. It's not like it's incredibly entertaining or anything. He's just cutting things back and forth, and you're just watching his process. But it's really fun. And also, he has an awesome accent, so there's that. Well, it's like it's like listening to these shows. It's not really interesting or anything, but when you get in the chat and start doing stuff with everyone <laughs> yeah, else. Right. Yeah, like, but, why are you listening to this right but now? But no, it, to me, as someone who's tried, to do, who's tried to do video editing and stuff in the past, it is interesting. And and I find his process I, oh, really amazing and what he's able to do. I'm just blown away by it. Yeah, he's really good. He's yep. super talented. Go, Stephanie. Woo. So, <laughs> and ladies, he's married, but he's not too bad on the eyes. Um, wow. So check out Stephanie's. You said that. Well, he's a good looking guy. <laughs> he is a good looking guy. I agree. So there you go. So, Stephanie, check out his, his video on Vimeo because of the, I guess because of the music he was using that they took it off of YouTube. Yeah. Um, which is weird because a lot of times with fan made videos and stuff, they don't really do that. They don't get so worried about the copyright stuff. But I don't know. Um, and Teresa, let's talk about you being all into the Advent this year. I am addicted to Advent calendars. It just sort of happened. I, you know, I am Teresa and I am an Advent calendar addict. <laughs> go big or go, go big or go home. So I have four advent calendars mm-hmm. that I wake up early to do every day. <laughs> I thought like it was Okay, no, it is four. I was thinking it was three, but I forgot about the Lego Friends one. Okay, yes. So I have Lego Star Wars, mm-hmm. I have Lego Friends, I have twelve days of socks, but it's actually twenty four days of socks, but it's twelve Star Wars, twelve Harry Potter, and I'm alternating. Oh, okay. So it makes it twenty four. And I have the amazing, first time it's ever been done, Funko Pop Harry Potter advent calendar. Wow. Yeah, and I, I'm i having so much fun. It is a blast. So the socks have been really cool so far. I've had Ravenclaw, regular Harry Potter. Today was these glitter uh, Imperial logo, Rebel logo, and R2-D2 so far in Star Wars. Mm, so okay. uh, tomorrow's a Harry Potter day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the builds from the Lego Star Wars have been really fun. There's been a little land speeder, the arrowhead. So the one you thought was the Sith, Inf- Sith infiltrator, I believe, is the arrowhead. Right from Freemakers. From Freemakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lego Friends. The cool one about that one is they're all ornaments that you can hang on the tree. Oh, yep. And the Harry Potter Funko Pop though has been awesome. It's the pop minis or the pocket pops that are on like the keychains mm-hmm. so they're smaller but i added up the math and buying this advent calendar was like 60 bucks <laughs> but if you add up the cost of buying all of these keychains i'm actually saving like a hundred dollars okay so whatever yeah uh sarah woloski is saying i got her addicted she went to target and she got 
Disney princess and the Star Wars socks if she's doing the nice. same thing. I saw on I saw on Amazon the Twelve Days of Marvel socks. Oh yes. Yeah. So now here's the thing. Okay, I'm and I just quick review of doing Twelve Days of socks. It's really fun because you get really cool socks. Don't they're not great quality socks? Okay, your feet don't really breathe. You get really sweaty feet because they're just they're not fantastic socks. But I don't care. So. I just like having cool socks. Yeah. Well, I um, I saw those Marvel socks and I was like, that that uh, that's fun because my Marvel fandom has really ramped up this this past year. Oh, that's good. Ramped back up and and I've had to kind of cut off my collecting gene. Mm. You know, yeah, that's amput- what happens when you get married and yeah. then you get a bigger house and then you can go back to it like I have. <laughs> had to amputate the collecting gene for a little while, but I have really had a hard time not being drawn back into like Marvel Legends and stuff because mm-hmm. my Marvel fandom has leapt so high to the forefront. So if anyone has extra Hulk build a figure parts they want to get rid of um, from the Thor Ragnarok Hulk build a figure, um, you know, you know where to send them. So anyhow, uh, Teresa, that's enough hellos. Yeah. Disney Watch. Watch it! Watch yourself! Pause! Who goes there? Watch it now! Watch it! Watch it! Watch out for my butt! Watch! Watch out for my butt. Watch out for my butt. Okay, I'm pulling up the timer, Teresa. 60 second reviews. Okay, we're doing 60 second reviews because it's been a while, and I am covering Christopher Robin. All right, you ready? No. Okay. But go. Go. Okay, so Ewan McGregor was great for the part. He plays the perfect Christopher Robin. He's just amazing. But probably the best part of this whole entire movie are the Pooh Bear characters and specifically Pooh. Although Eeyore was really good too. Uh, Let's see. It had heart. It made me cry, but in a good way. And the little girl that plays Christopher Robin's son was really, really awesome son daughter it's a girl so daughter right uh she's really awesome the lady who plays peggy carter was really really good too peggy carter agent carter agent carter her name's peggy right yeah okay yeah so she was she was in it and it's really good but i think the whole story is really awesome because it talks about what's important in life and not putting like not or like how do you say that remembering that family and your family and your friends and stuff should not be put on your bottom of your priority list. I don't know how to say things when I'm timed. Well, your time First, is up. Crap. It was really good and amazing, and you should totally get crap. it. Crap. Crap. It's Okay, Pooh has some amazing lines, some amazing one-liners, and so does Eeyore. Nice. I, oh, gosh. I didn't, so Peggy Carter, the character Peggy Carter, this Pooh is part the of the Marvel lady. Universe? Yes. Yes, Pooh is part of the Marvel Universe. No, though I don't remember her name. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. In I can't 60 think of, seconds. Yeah, I can't think of the actress's <laughs> name either. All right, so Incredibles 2 is what I'm giving a 60 second review of, right? Yes. Right. Um, I tell you, this movie was great as a superhero movie sequel. Uh, it, t- it took what the first movie did and kind of turned it on its head a bit, which is what a good sequel of any movie will do. I did feel like there was a little too much talky, talky, talky throughout the whole thing and not enough action um, 
like in the first Incredibles movie, there was uh, it, it moved, and we'll be talking about that fairly soon on on Vault Talk. But that movie really moved well with a lot of action, and and the story, the action drove the story forward. Here, I feel like they had to do. A, I feel like it was a movie with a lot of exposition. And would have loved to have seen Elastigirl go on more missions than what we really got to see. But by the time you get around to the final battle, it was just absolutely great. A lot of funny stuff. Jack-Jack, of course, stole the show. and um, But there was just something family about, or something really great about when the family finally got together to, to fight the big bad uh, at the end. But I love the fact that it picked up where it left off, and that's my time. <laughs> Jack Jack and a raccoon. Oh yes. yes. Best part of the whole movie. <laughs> but overall it's been a great year for Disney. It has. It's been an amazing year for Disney. And since it is December, I figured one of the things that we could talk about is uh how they've done it at the box office this mm-hmm. year. Just overall. So this is the second biggest year for Disney, or they were the second biggest studio, I guess is the more correct term. Mm -hmm. They did better than they did in 2017, although the numbers aren't that different, but I guess it's a lot. (laughs) I mean... Well, it's only $2,924,000 or $924,428,000. Yeah, it's... mm -hmm. That's a lot. Right? That's a... Well, it's more than I've got. (laughs) Definitely more than I have. So... Their leaders, as far as for films, let me pull this one up really quick because this has all of them. The biggest box office hit was uh, Black Panther, mm-hmm. which isn't surprising. And you know, it's kind of funny. Black Panther came out so early in the year, I forgot it was in 2018. Yeah. Because it was in February. It just yeah. seems like, gosh, it's been a long time. Avengers and and Infinity War did $678.8 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Incredibles 2. And see, the funny thing is, people have not been talking about how well Incredibles 2 did. And I've noticed that. It did $608.5 million, and people are not talking about it. Kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, it, it did well, but I don't know that people... I think people saw it. But I don't know that it got a lot of... I don't know. I think a lot of people saw it once, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know that it got the repeat viewings or... I don't... I think it wasn't what people were expecting after seeing the first one. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that separating the family again in the second one might have been a mistake rather than let the family kind of have an adventure together, which is what I think the, the end of the first movie led us to believe would be going on. Mm-hmm. And and then when that kind of didn't happen, I think some people might have been let down by the story. I do think the story slogged on a little too much. I do think there was too much talking in in the right. thing and not enough showing. But um, so I don't know. I, I think people just kind of let it come and go. But it's also been a really big year for these big tentpole movies. When you talk about, you know, like you said, Black Panther, Infinity War was huge. You know, people are still talking about Infinity War and breaking that thing down. Yeah, well, so looking at it globally, Infinity War is the fourth movie to ever cross the $2 billion mark Mm. globally. Right. You know, now they had some stuff that didn't do as well. Like Solo didn't do that great. Mm -hmm. Uh, A Wrinkle in Time didn't do that great. 
but you had Black Panther and you had Incredibles 2, which did really, really awesome. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I unfortunately didn't get out to see. Oh, true. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, and I love Ant-Man, so I can't wait for it to be out. But it did cross the $400 million mark, mm -hmm. uh, which is really, really good. And so recently... Uh, the Nutcracker in the Four Realms came out. Ralph Breaks the Internet, which, guys, go see, please. It's so great. And then Mary Poppins Returns is coming out in a few weeks, which we're going to mention. It is December 19th, so make sure you get out and go see that. But, you know, like, Coco got some money in this year because that rolled over into 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, Christopher Robin did $153 million, which, I mean, come on, if a movie's doing $153 million, that's respectable. Well, I mean, and, I and a movie like Christopher Robin, I don't know that it cost a lot to make, though. Yeah. Like, I'm seeing worldwide almost $200 million on that. Um, oh, maybe that's changed since... Yeah. Since this article came out. I mean, but probably... I mean, the article I'm looking at came out in September, and there's been obviously updates and mm -hmm. things. But either way, Disney is raking it in right now. Yeah, Disney rules the world right now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, you know, I, the, who, what else is out there, though? I mean, when you're talking about you've got the power of, like, the Disney franchises behind you, plus, you know, Marvel, which has been since 2008 kicking on all cylinders... You bring the Star Wars in there, you know, what other franchises are out there to compete on that level if you do if you just talk strictly franchises, you know? So and the only one that I really think could and it actually I believe I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But to this date, I believe Harry Potter is the still the biggest movie franchise. Hmm. See, but that could change because of everything going on with Star Wars. But at one point, Harry Potter was the biggest movie-making franchise. But again, I could be wrong. Well, you're getting you're getting a mm-hmm over in the uh, over in the amen corner over here. Nice. So I I believe I I honestly think, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Harry Potter, but I know for. Um, for the longest time, it was because just because of the number of movies, it, oh, it don't was say it. it was James Bond. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah. thought you were going to say something else. No, what do you think I was going to say? <laughs> something we don't talk about. The, what? It starts with an S, and Star then the last the Star second Trek? word starts with a yeah. No, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Okay. Um, I'm I'm looking at an article from Business Insider from March of this year. Okay. Uh, and they've got the 23 most successful movie franchises of all time at the global box office. 23 is Indiana Jones. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm just, scrolling, five. I'm just scrolling through. Well, I'm scrolling through to see if there's anything of, of note as we move on down. Um, Jurassic Park's at 15. Okay. Uh... I saw Jurassic World, whatever, too, the yeah. second one. Yeah. It was pretty good. It I was, liked it. It was all right. My Transformers are at number 12. Good. Bumblebee. Your Pirates of the Caribbean are at uh, 11. Mm, that makes sense. Um, Batman's at number 9. James Bond, as of March, was at number 7. Ooh. 
Okay, so what are what's our top five? So five, they've got Disney live action reimaginings. Is that the remakes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Five point eight billion. Uh, the Middle Earth franchise, which would be Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, at five point eight four billion. Okay. Number three, J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. That includes Fantastic Beasts. At eight point okay. five billion. Star Wars is number two at nine billion, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe at fourteen billion. I guess so. I guess, I guess so. that makes sense if you can't if you consider them all as one. Well, thing. the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Iron Man in two thousand eight to Infinity War. Right. Mm-hmm. That's all the that's yeah. Okay. I mean, I consider that one franchise. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I can. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm surprised that, that well, they, the Disney live action reimaginings, I'm surprised they've made as much as they have in the short time because it's been a relatively short amount of time they've been doing that. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. We'll get there. Anyway. We'll get, anyway. All right. So, one of the biggest things that I'm excited for in 2019 is the new Disney Plus streaming service. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since we talked. Yes. So, I wanted to kind of break down what we actually know about the streaming service because more news has been coming out about it mm-hmm. since they announced it last August of August 2017. So there is going to be original content. We did know that they had originally said that there was going to be stuff around monsters, Inc, which mm-hmm. we're talking about today, uh, star Wars, Marvel and things like that. But we started to get some actual details. So the deal with Netflix ends in 2018 anything else that comes out in 2019 will be going on to disney plus so no more star wars movies on netflix basically that's what it boils down to and if you haven't noticed disney is starting to cancel some of their shows that are on netflix they've already canceled luke cage and iron fist they've also canceled daredevil uh, I know Jessica Jones had been given a third season and The Punisher had been given a second season, so mm-hmm. we'll just have to see what happens with that. Um, Disney now, well, they own 30% of Hulu, but with the 21st Century Fox deal, they're going to own 60% of Hulu. Mm. And what it's looking like is that anything that's R-rated or a lot of the Fox movies that they're acquiring and stuff may go to Hulu because they don't want to bring it onto Disney Plus. They want to keep it a certain brand. So right. uh, they're not going to obviously bring some of those mm-hmm. things over. Uh, all right. So here are some things we know that won't be on it for now. The original six Star Wars movies. They will not be on it or be able to be on it until after 2024. There's uh, Star Wars or Lucasfilm, I guess, or Disney, whoever makes decisions, has a deal with Turner Broadcasting that goes started in 2016 and mm-hmm. goes until 2024 for the Star Wars. Right, shows. right. So that's not well. Right. And the truth is, probably what's going to happen in 2024 is they won't do. May, they may. I don't know. Maybe they would do exclusive rights because 2024 TV will probably look even different than it does now. But I would also think you'd want to have someone on a regular television, cable television or network, have some type of access to show those movies at some point. Mm-hmm. Just as a revenue stream for your company. You know, a little extra revenue here and there. Okay, so in February, there was an update. 
there some things are in development. So a Three Men and a Baby remake. Great. That's what the world's asking for. Sword in the Stone. Mm-hmm. And then something called Timmy Failure. I don't know what that is. Mm-mm. And then in pre-production is a new adaptation of Don Quixote. A Lady and the Tramp remake, The Paper Magician, some movie called Stargirl, and some movie called Togo. And then in post-production is some movie called Magic Camp. Some movie called Magic Camp. I don't know. These are going to be like your Disney Channel movies that you love. I know. And then a movie called Noel with Anna Kendrick and Shirley MacLaine. See, you're going to love it. I know. All right. They also, there's a rumor, this has not been confirmed, but that there may be new Muppets content. (gasps) Yes. Be still my heart. <laughs> There's also talk that they've been considering doing a TV version of The Mighty Ducks with the original screenwriter. I've heard that, yeah. Reboots of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Which we need. Um, Father of the Bride and The Parent Trap. I'm okay with all of that. Why would they remake Father of the Bride? I don't know, but... And, and have we it. not... I mean, is, I mean let's be, the, the, this says... Listen to this. I'm really mad at this article. Reboots of 1989's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, 1991's Father of the Bride, and 1998's The Parent Trap. So you're remaking the remake? Yeah. They're Hmm. remaking the Lindsay Lohan version. Hmm. Which is really just a remake of the Haley Mills. Mills, Yeah. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, also, at San Diego Comic-Con in July, this is something I'm excited about, it was confirmed that Star Wars The Clone Wars will be returning. And this is why Steve is getting Disney Plus. (laughs) For Star Wars The Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. So excited. That's going to be really awesome. Now, I'm excited for actually some of the Marvel content. Mm -hmm. So what we found out in September is that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is trans itself to TV and Kevin Feige is heading all of this up so there's going to be standalone movies or limited run series and they have confirmed a Loki series Mm -hmm. with Tom Hiddleston uh, Scarlet Witch and that one is supposed to be about her and Vision Mm -hmm. and then kind of I'm actually really excited about this one this is already in development a Falcon Winter Soldier limited series and it will these will have the actors from the film right which is so exciting well not only that I mean if you watch Civil War and you watch Falcon and Winter Soldier the way they played off of each other I mean that's just going to be a great show mm-hmm. and I like they're calling it limited series because that is a comic book term from back in the day Mm-hmm. You would have, you know, you had Secret Wars, a 12-issue limited series, you know. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. Okay, so then in October, we did get information about John Favreau's live-action Star Wars show, which is going to be called The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. It, it's about a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. So that should be pretty fun. And they've announced some directors, and Dave Filoni's actually working on the... He's the director of the first episode of that. So that should be really cool. And then they also, since they've announced other things since this article was written, they announced a Cassian Andor series that Diego Luna will be coming back as Cassian. Yeah. So I'm really hoping Alan Tudor comes back as K2SO. Of course. Yeah. So much. Now, as far as pricing, they haven't revealed that. They also haven't revealed when this will actually launch. It's rumored to launch in fall of 2019. But what Bob Iger has said is that 
he, I'm saying, quote, I can say that our plan on the Disney side is to price this substantially below where Netflix is. So Netflix is somewhere between 18 and 8 to $14 a month. Mm-hmm. And he continues to say that is in part reflective of the fact that it will have substantially less volume. You'll have a lot of high quality because of the brands and franchises that will be on it that we've talked about, but it will simply launch with less volume. And so the price will reflect that. So I think that's smart. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's, it's when you get it, there's going to be a lot of Disney animated content on there. Uh, it just seems inevitable. I mean, they need to get all their classic Disney afternoon stuff on there. Yes. They need they need to have your shorts like your Mickey Mouse and, you know, shorts from way back in the day. Um, you know, all those classic cartoons. They need to have whatever movies they can put on there from their catalog. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's and that's and I'm talking just straight up Disney. I don't even mean, um, you know, the the stuff with uh, with the Marvel and the Star Wars and and the other franchises. Um, I'll tell you, DC Universe, the new the app that they came out with um, a couple of months back, has once they got some of their bugs worked out, it has actually been a really good thing. Um, it's got a lot of neat shows. It's got a lot of like the old animated shows from the 90s, a lot of great old TV shows, you know, that feature DC comic book heroes and that sort of thing. And what they, you know, and it's another thing where they don't have the volume, but what they've done with their TV shows uh, is they don't put them all out in one big dump like Netflix does. Mm -hmm. They release them weekly, you know. No binging. So you can, well, what you have to do is just wait for a minute and then binge, you know, Mm -hmm. or watch weekly. And, And I think it really works. Um... You know, for them, because you, they just don't have the content to be able to dump everything out in one big, in one big, massive thing, and let people binge and then cancel their subscription. You know, so it, it works. And I'm thinking Disney may early on with some of these series do something like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they decide to do it. And but I think it's about time there was a Disney streaming service. And there's basically nothing you could do to get me to not get this. So, <laughs> well, yeah, the Star Wars thing put me over the top. The Clone Wars thing put me over the top. And then with the the Marvel shows, I'm like, I'm in on that. Yeah, it's going to be less. I'm being asked how much it is. They haven't said yet, but they're saying it's going to be substantially less than Netflix because of the lack of content they have. Uh-huh. We'll have at launch anyway. Yeah, we'll have at launch. And it does say that they should be getting another update in April. What happens in April? Star Wars Celebration. Oh, yep, yep. So, in Chicago. Not that that's connected, but what if we get to see something when we're there? Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure people at Star Wars Celebration will get to see something. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Yep. All right, so let's talk about these live actions. You said they were number five? Yeah. The live action reimaginings. Reimaginings. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we're looking at are the upcoming live action remakes. All right. So Dumbo comes out in March. March of March twenty ninth of twenty nineteen. I'm actually really excited, and every trailer I see makes me cry. <laughs> the Dumbo. So. I've, I I refuse to watch any trailer for it. To be honest with you. Why? It just scares me. I I, I don't want to be that guy that's crying over an elephant, a CGI elephant. (laughs) All right. And then Aladdin is set to love. I love Dumbo, by the way. I love that movie. Yeah. You know, we we talked about that. But I just these these live action things. I don't know. Okay, so Aladdin is set to come out 
May 24th of 2019. Mm -hmm. And it does have Will Smith as the genie. Uh, as the genie. So that's going to be interesting. Also, Alan Minkin has returned to write new songs with uh, the guys who've been doing the music for La La Land and The Greatest Showman. Mm. Um, okay, the next one. <laughs> the next one is The Lion King, July 19th of 2019. <clears throat> yeah. With a stellar cast. Amazing yeah. cast. Oh, you're talking about James Earl Jones, Donald Glover, Seth Rogen, Billy Eichner. John Oliver, yeah. Alfrey Woodard, who I don't know who that is, John Connie, and Beyonce? Yes. Yeah. And they're all going to be dressed up in animal costumes doing The Lion King. Yes. Uh, so, how... Hmm. You do this. Okay. I have the same questions you uh, This Okay, when, they, when the trailer for this came out, and I know everyone's excited, and I'm not... And I, look, I think it looks great. It looks amazing. Let's just... Okay, let me put this over here. So everyone, hear me. I'm going to set this to the side before you say anything else. Looks great. Looks amazing. Looks just... I can't get over the technological um, thing that this is, the technological giant this is. All right? So let me leave that there. This is not a live-action remake. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a fancier cartoon. Uh, this is just a remake. Of the Lion King. This is all animated. There, there is no, there, Real animals are not in this movie. And, and it, well, it's kind of like Jungle Book. Jungle Book really wasn't... I mean, there was But at least you movie. had a real boy. You know? <laughs> at least you had a real boy. But I'm sitting here, and I'm watching this thing. I'm like, oh, it's the live-action remake. And then it hit me. This ain't live-action. It's the, not. They, okay, Look, why why do they want us to watch The Lion King but more realistic this time? They want us to see a didn't real they, lion die. Didn't we already experience this multiple times and watching Mufasa die? No, they want to do it again to you. It's just like when and it's just like in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen when Optimus Prime died. I'm like, I have to watch it again, but he looks more real. It's more painful. <laughs> So yeah, it's not it's not live action. It's no. live action would be like the Disney nature film African Cats. Right, exactly. That's, yes. That's live action like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not and I'm telling you right now, I will be at this movie the day before it comes out and I will see this live action quote-unquote bunny ears well look they're gonna have music by elton john original yeah. score you know uh, composing the score is han zimmer who composed the original score they're paying han zimmer to come just basically xerox his old score <laughs> <laughs> which is a great score don't get me wrong it's beautiful music okay so i need to know something though mm -hmm. does Haley agree Haley does agree. She does agree. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering. Yeah. Look, I love... Um, I love the, the score for Lion King. I really do. And when he's thumbing up Pride Rock after that fight... Come on. It doesn't get any better than this. Well, if I can get there... What is there we go. Here we go. Oh, we're in the fight now. We're getting to, we're about to get to the fight. 
This is great music by Hans Zimmer, and I'm glad I'm glad he's going to make copies and re-record it with another orchestra or something. Sounds good. Remember, <laughs> is that your James Earl Jones? Yeah. You did a great journal, James Earl Jones. Remember, Luke. Wait, no, hold on. <laughs> Wrong. I mean, there's not... I'm going to cry. There's not many movie moments that are better than Simba beginning to climb up Pride Rock as that rain's coming down. I'm just saying. It is time. I'm trying to get to one more part. This is a shout out to the baby sister. Penguins on my body. Oh my God, there's penguins on my body. Oh my God, there's penguins on my body. <laughs> oh man, chills. Chills. I just, I, you know what? They've got a long way to go to do a, another animated version of The Lion King. <laughs> Show you what. All right, so... Uh, that was July of 2019. And then Mulan will be coming in March of 2020. Now, Haley's really excited about that. Mulan's one of I her favorites. Too. Yeah, I am, too. I'm, I, it, the cast looks great, and I think it's going to be done really well. So I'm looking forward to it. Now, this one, the next one, I don't see why it's necessary, but okay. And I like the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in May of 2020, there's going to be a second Maleficent. Hmm. I... I don't know why, mm-hmm. but whatever. That's all I'm going to say for that right now. And then Lady and the Tramp is to be announced on things, but there is talks about it, but I it may be just for the Disney streaming service. So well, well I got to tell you, Zari, the new podcast dog, he could, he'd make a good tramp. He'd <laughs> make a good tramp. Yeah. He needs just a little <laughs> bit of makeup here and there. And he would, I mean, he kind of look. he's got a tramp look about him in his little face. Yeah, and so then, and then uh, to be announced is Pinocchio. But I've actually been seeing news about this, about mm. possible casting, uh, directing for Pinocchio. So we'll have to see 
how that goes. And then some possible Prince Charming, possible Oliver Twist, James and the Giant Peach. I'm not necessary. Let's just scratch that one. I like James and the Giant Peach, but no. Also, there was news recently within the last couple of days about Cruella. Uh, Cruella DeVille hmm. version. Uh, there has been talk that Emma Stone has been cast in it, and they may also have a director, so we'll, well. see. Uh, Tinkerbell movie, uh, Peter Pan movie, Sword in the Stone, Lilo and Stitch. Why? A live-action no. Lilo and Stitch? No. No, we don't need that. We don't need a live-action Lilo Nobody needs Stitch. that. Nobody needs that. Stitch, this movie is perfect how it is. And I don't really... That's like saying you're going to do a live-action Emperor's New Groove. That's like saying you're going to do a live-action Lion King. Yeah, yeah. I mm, <laughs> Little Mermaid. Which they're doing Little Mermaid. It's called Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We've okay. done Snow White a million times. They're going to do... They've got that one on the on the docket apparently as well. Yeah, so the only confirmed ones are up to Maleficent 2 in May of 2020. Mm. So uh, so we'll see. But yes, live action Lion King is not live action. Exactly. There was a, a question in the chat from Blessed Cheesemaker. He said, was James and the Giant Peach a Disney movie? Yes, it was. It is from the same studio that did um, Nightmare Before Christmas. So that's why you haven't heard us talk about it yet. But it also it's a it's a Disney movie in it's retroactively a Disney it's movie. Claim, it, yeah, and it's claymation. Okay, it's, meaning uh, and I say retroactively meaning they bought the studio eventually yeah, after I, mm-hmm. after it had been made. Okay. So. Oh, just your quick thoughts on this. I don't know how you feel about this, but because Disney's buying Fox, yeah, and Anastasia mm-hmm. by what's his name Don Bluth that. Don Bluth is a Fox movie. Does that make Anastasia a Disney princess and Demetria a Disney prince? Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. That's so cute. I'm just curious. It and Land Before Time Fox as well? Sorry. No. Well, Land Before Time... Oh, I don't know. They did do two live 101 Dalmatians way back in the they day. They did. Yeah. They did. 101 and 102. Yeah. M. Dunn says we need a live action tailspin. Ooh, yeah. And, and it wouldn't be a live action 101 Dalmatians. It's a specific Cruella de Vil movie. Mm. But would Glenn Close not be, I guess she wouldn't be reprising the role if Emma Stone's attached. So. Yeah. Which but she did great. But anyway. Those came out in the 90s, didn't they? Mm, the live action 101 Dalmatians? I only saw, I guess I saw them both, but. I mean, was it really live action though? Were those real dogs? Well, yeah, but the, the people around the dogs were wheel. Were, well, were, <clears throat> were, were wheel? Shut up! They will. They will wheel. <laughs> no, nope. no, be Teresa. nice. Hey, Teresa, they will wheel. <laughs> so stop it. <laughs> All right, let's get into Monsters Inc. Yes.
and we will play a trailer as soon as there right, we go. Let's get a move on, people. We are on in seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, people, Eastern Seaboard coming online. The creators of Toy Story. Hey, what's shaking, bacon? Did you lose weight? Or a limb? Take you into the world behind your closet door. Roz, you're looking fabulous today. Is that a new haircut? New makeup. You've had a lift. You've had a tuck. You've had something. Ah! We've always been afraid monsters were there. Scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. Oh, the kid's awake. Waiting to scare us. Twins and a bunk bed. <laughs> but what we didn't know is that we scared them. What happened? The kid almost touched me. You can't touch a child. They're toxic. If a kid ever got through one of our doors, the results would be catastrophic. Walt Disney Pictures presents... Kitty! That thing is a killing machine! A Pixar Animation Studios film. the presence of a human child. Let's keep it. I always wanted a pet that could kill me! What are you doing? Monsters Incorporated. It's a musical. Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. So help me, so help me. And cut. All right, Teresa. Do we jump in? I don't know what we do here. I get confused about our Pixar format. So we're going to talk about short films first. The short films. 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 You know, that's, oh my gosh, how do you not remember that? Who put that together? I don't remember. How do I, you not remember that? Oh, they did it for us. We were talking about needing one, and mm-hmm. they sent, a couple of people sent one of the guy's clips, and he put it together. Okay. We needed something. Yeah. It's amazing. It's made by our Valtis. I know, it's years. amazing. It's glorious. All right. Okay, so the short film that was showed at Monsters, Inc. is For the Birds. It's actually one of my favorite ones. And it it was done in 2000, produced by Pixar. And it was directed by Ralph Eggleston. And it won the Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film in 2001. And it premiered at some Annecy International Animated Film Festival in France. Mm -hmm. And then it was shown in theaters. That's the old AIAFF is what that is. Oh, okay. And it was shown with Monsters, Inc. It's also available on home video versions of the film. In 2012, it was re-rendered into 3D, and it was theatrically re-released with the 3D release of Monsters, Inc. And the short was also released in 3D on the 3D Blu-ray in 2013. And it was also a part of the Pixar Short Films Collection Volume 1. This is the one that has all the birds on a wire, and then this big weirdo bird <laughs> comes and lands on the Wait, wire in the middle. I, I when we I rented this movie off of the iTunes, I believe, to uh-huh. watch because I don't have a copy of it, and I don't think that. Yeah, it didn't come in the rental with that. 
unfortunately. Let's see. YouTube and see if we can find For the Birds. You've never seen For the Birds? I, I mean, I would have had to, I thought, because I thought I saw this in theaters when it came out. Here, it's, it's, I'm pulling it up right now. We're not going to watch it while we... I'll, I'll just kind of look and refresh my memory here. You should just watch it. So for the birds, so they're all on a line, and this big, goofy bird comes and lands on the line, and he weighs so much that it weighs it all the way down. So basically, Steve comes and hangs out with Teresa, Riley, and <laughs> Bethany, and Greg. <laughs> it's really cute. Are you watching it? I am. Okay. So I'll kind of walk everybody through. So it's showing you, you know how all the birds congregate on the, on the telephone wires mm-hmm. or whatever. And... All these little fluffy birds come and they sit next to each other. They seem to be kind of rude with one another, though. They, yeah, I don't think they're friends. They're they're just kind of yapping at each other. They make this squeaky noise, which is important later on, just so you know. Oh, well, they I... sound like they sound like squeaky toys. <laughs> and then here he comes. They're this making... is like a giant bird for this area. They're making fun it's of him. Like... It's like in rural America. And he's just so happy, wants to go hang with him. Yeah, but they're being super rude. Oh, yeah. And they're mocking him. He looks like a blue flamingo. Oh, he almost fell. Now he's flapping over to him. (laughs) And he landed. And there they all go. <laughs> There's no talking in this at no. all. It's just the birds making squeaky noises. You know what this reminds me of? Do you know the song by Abba Take a Chance on Me? Yes. There's a there was a sketch on the Muppet show with a bunch of birds on a wire bouncing up and down singing Take a Chance on Me. Uh-huh. And it is one of the greatest things you've ever seen in your life. So then the big bird starts to... He falls upside down. Yeah, and they start pecking at his feet to get him off of the wire. And they're chanting him on. <laughs> and they're... <laughs> and he's just like... I love that it backs up and you see how close to the ground they are. And they all start to get worried because the two are still pecking. Oh, and he finally loses his grip. I do remember this. And then they go yeah, flying. I love the feathers. Grip and he flings all the birds. Oh. I love all the feathers falling down. And he's just as happy as he can be. And here come naked birds. And now he's laughing at them. And he just blows the feathers around in the air. (laughs) So funny. All little naked birds. So For the Birds is a really good one. I think this was the first time I really started getting into the Pixar shorts was with For the Birds. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because they kind of changed their format almost and made them sort of cutesy and inter- like just really entertaining. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's not much more to it, but if you haven't seen For the Birds, it's on YouTube. Now this is this is where they got the inspiration for that is this Muppets short. You got three birds. They're all kind of lanky and weird, and they're bouncing up and down on wires. You got no place to go when you're feeling down. 
and then they start falling off toward the end. I love that skit. I love that sketch because more birds come along and they just bounce around. It's so funny. The Muppets are great. <laughs> okay, let's get into Monsters, Inc. Yes, let's do it. History? Right? Yeah. Here's Teresa with some history. I'm sure you know everything there is to know about the castle. Oh, well, actually, I, uh, yes, I do. As you can see, the pseudo facade was stripped away to reveal a minimalist Rococo design. Note the Alrighty. This is the fourth Pixar film. And it came out November 2nd, 2001, in the United States. It's directed by Pete Docter in his directorial debut. He's since done a lot of amazing, awesome Pixar films. My favorite is Inside Out. Mm. Monsters, Inc. ranked number one at the box office on its opening weekend, grossing $62.5 million in North America alone. The film made $289.9 million in North America, and 287.5 everywhere else for a worldwide total of 577.4. You've gotten so good at these numbers, Teresa. I know. I remember back when we first started, you couldn't do these big numbers so well. I couldn't. So I learned the point part. Yeah. So instead of trying to say 577,425,734, I just say the point. Gotcha. You know, I think that's helped a lot. Mm-hmm. So this film is Pixar's ninth highest grossing film worldwide and sixth in North America. For a time, Monsters, Inc. surpassed Toy Story 2 as the second highest grossing animated film of all time behind 1994's The Lion King. So at one point, now this has been a long time since, but at one point it was that high. Mm. Which is incredible. Now, the film actually started getting developed in 1996. So there was a meeting um, in 94 where the idea of it was conceived, but then they started working on it in 96. So they were at a lunch and they were talking and they were it was all during the production of Toy Story. And that's actually the big meeting. We've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. Steve. It's the big meeting where a lot of the Pixar films kind of developed as ideas. I believe Cars, Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., um, possibly even Inside Out to a degree. Things that were tossed around. And Pete Doctor said one of the ideas that came out of the brainstorming session was a film about monsters. He said, everybody came up to me and said, hey, I totally believe my toys came to life when I left the room. So when Disney asked us to do more films, I wanted to tap into the childlike notion that was similar to that. I knew monsters were coming out of my closet when I was a kid. So I said, hey, let's do a film about monsters. So that's kind of where it originated from. And then they kind of started working on the story and stuff in 96. Randy Newman, who composed the music for Pixar's three prior films, so Toy Story, Toy Story 2, and A Bug's Life. I'm Randy Newman. I'm composing (laughs) the music. That's my Randy Newman. (laughs) <laughs> he returned to Monsters. You crazy. Monsters Incorporated. Kids Incorporated. Oh, Kids Incorporated. K I D S. Incorporated. <laughs> uh, okay, so the film was praised by critics and proved to be a major box office success. 
It, like we said, generated a ton of money. And it was the third highest grossing film of 2001. I don't know what the other two were, Steve, because I know you're going to ask, and I forgot to look it up. 2001? Yes. Okay, so the original, while you look that up, the original idea for this film was supposed to be a 30-year-old guy dealing with monsters that he drew in a book as a child that come back to bother him as an adult. And as each monster is represented representative of a fear that he had as a kid in conquering those fears, and he still has those fears, cause the monsters to eventually disappear. I read that and I was like, oh, inside out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought when I just saw that piece of information was inside out. By the way, the two highest grossing films, the ones that grossed more than Monsters, Inc., in 2001, both came Harry out. Potter I, and the Sorcerer's Stone? That was number one. Well done. What's the number other, two? The other one also came out around Christmas and was based on a book. Based on a book? Mm-hmm. Hitchhiker's Guide? I I'm sorry, know. no. It would be Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, oh wow. Yep. It contended with that? Yeah. That's, well, that's crazy. Right. And also, we're now into that era. Like, that's the thing that I keep getting. We're getting, like, close to my... To our time, like, remember when we were talking about things from the 30s? Yes. Someday yeah, but- my prince will come. That's my no, Snow White. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What, is, what a great Snow White. Someone take the helium away from Teresa, please. <laughs> oh, gross. Hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then Monsters, Inc. differed from earlier Pixar features that every main character would have its own lead animator. Oh, kind of like what Disney does. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Monsters, Inc. was released on VHS and DVD. Is that what I want to do right now? I don't know. Yes, it is. It is, because a lot of this other stuff I thought were more fun facts. Monsters, Inc. was released on VHS and DVD on September 17th of 2002. Now, there's a lot of history with Monsters, Inc. that I'm not including because it would go down a giant technological rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But probably the biggest thing that is important for this movie is the animation in 3D of Pixar's, you know, 3D animation of the fur on Sully and developing the technology for the hair on these monsters. Yes. Had they not done that, there'd be no live action Lion King in 2019. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> so there, but that is a huge, and I don't understand all of it. All I know is that it was a huge challenge and it was something that made this movie so advanced for its time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when we were talking about the hair on Elsa and Moana right. and how pivotal that animation was. It's like that. Mm-hmm. It, they had to develop all new processes and get help from all kinds of places to figure out how to do this. Okay, so it was released on VHS and DVD on September 17, 2002, and then it was then on Blu-ray November 10th of 2009, and then Blu-ray 3D in 2013. Monsters, Inc. won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. It was one of the first animated films to be nominated for Best Animated Feature. Uh, and it, But it lost to Shrek. 
Um, also, it's really important to point out here that Randy Newman had been nominated for 15 previous Oscars. Hadn't won until If I Didn't Have You. Okay. Which I think is odd because You've Got a Friend in Me, I feel like. Is the All right. Song. The, well, see, and this is where you get into, was this just the, hey, he's been nominated so many times, we need to give it to Randy Newman. What were the other songs that year? Can oh, you find out? Well, Mylanta. Let me let me do a quick Google search. Or okay. so I'm gonna finish the the awards here really quick. Hold on, Teresa. Uh, let me. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm, I don't mean to to interrupt you too much, but I haven't gotten enough use out of this lately, as I need to. Oh, let me Google that for you. Yeah, and I should have already had this pulled up, and I apologize for not doing that. But as far as those other nominations go, Google that for you. I'm. I'm. You're, go ahead. Oh, okay. Let's see. So it was nominated for best animated feature. It lost to Shrek. It was also nominated for best original score. It lost to Lord of the Rings: Fellowship mm. of the Ring. It was nominated for best sound editing. It lost to Pearl Harbor. At the Kids Choice Awards in 2002, it was nominated for favorite voice in an animated movie for Billy Crystal, being Mike Wazowski. Uh, but he lost to Eddie Murphy from Shrek. And let me here's here's where Shrek and Despicable Me and all this stuff starts coming into the picture. And I'm sorry, but I just can't get into the Shrek movies. I just can't. I've tried. I've legitimately tried, and I just can't do it. Okay, uh, Shrek one, funny. Shrek two, really good. I'm done after that. Is Shrek two the one with gingerbread and boots? No, uh, Puss in Boots, yes. Shrek, okay. I think Shrek 2 has Puss in Boots. Okay. Yeah, Puss in Boots. Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Um, all right, here are the other things from 2002 Oscars that, if I didn't have you, won. Until by Sting, which I don't know where that was from. Uh, hmm. Vanilla Sky by Paul McCartney from Vanilla Sky. There You'll Be by Diane Warren. Don't know where that's from. And May It Be by Enya from the end of The Lord of the Rings. May it be. May it be. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that competition wasn't that steep. No. Until came from Kate and Leopold. As I said, Vanilla Sky came from Vanilla Sky. There You'll Be came from Pearl Harbor. There You'll Be. Who was saying that one? Oh my, uh, Diane Warren. What is that song? Because I've watched Pearl Harbor a lot. I like that movie. What is that song? Well, g- give me just a moment. Give me just <laughs> a little more time. Um. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, uh, there was a prequel sequel. Sort of. It's not a sequel because it came before, but it's in the Monsters, Inc. universe uh, titled Monsters University that came out in 2013. And we'll get to that. Uh, So I'm not going to go into that right now, but there has been another Monsters, Inc. movie. And in November of 2017, Bob Iger, as we were talking about for Disney Plus, they are going to be doing a spinoff of Monsters, Inc. in a TV series for Disney Plus. All right, well, I can't find Diane Warren singing this, but I can find Faith Hill singing this. Okay. Or they say it's Faith Hill. So here we go.
I guess Diane Warren wrote it. Maybe. A lot of intro music to this. When I think back on these times, and the that must be in the credits because that doesn't sound like it was in the movie. No, it wouldn't have been in 1940s. If I were a rich man, I'm sorry. It sounds just like you got a friend in me. <laughs> if I were a rich man, you got a friend in me. <laughs> Fun facts? No. Oh, sorry. Pixar Easter eggs. Oh, Pixar. Do I have a Pixar Easter yes. eggs thing? It's in our Google Drive folder. Well, I don't. I can't. I don't. Oh. That's why it says that. I failed so many times. Well, welcome it's to right welcome there. Um, I thought I downloaded it though here because I couldn't get it or something was weird. A while ago, I couldn't play the one from our thing. I had to go here. Um. Hey guys, it's been six months. <laughs> yeah, cut me some slack. Alright, let me come back up here to the Google Drive. Wait, the Google Drive's gone. That got me closer. All of Randy Newman's songs sound exactly alike. That's Carissa in our chat. Thank you, Carissa. She knows music. Yeah, they they kind of do, except for some of the stuff from Cars sounds pretty unique. Yeah, but he didn't do a song that he sang there. He just did compose the score. True. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So. You're right. So two of my favorite words in the whole wide world. You're right? Yeah, to be said to me. Oh. Well. Um, I think that's most guys from either their wives or their friends, their girlfriends. You're right. Because <laughs> mostly we're right. Okay. I can't find this in the thing. Put this in the thing. Put that thing back where it came from. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Look what happened to my pants. What happened to my pants? Okay, here we go. There was a problem paying, <clears throat> playing this audio file. Download. It's not, this is me, fun. it's not letting me do it, Teresa. I don't know why. Okay, so anyway, all right. We've played it before. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the problem is. Oh, here it is. It's in my... I've got it. Hold on. I I had to... Remember, we had to do a workaround where I had to actually have you email them to me, and I had to download them. Mm-hmm. So let me stop that now, and... Mark is next, and... I can't find it anywhere! The other way, dear. Yes, of course. I'm getting warmer any second now. We've looked everywhere. Where are they? I found it. I found it. Oh, you found it. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Pixar Easter eggs. Teresa, we've never played that, but that's a brilliant little intro. Well done. (laughs) Who did that? I think that was Rob Dellinger. Rob, well done, sir. Thank you so much. I don't know for sure, but I think so. Yes. Okay. So we have some Easter eggs that we always kind of go through that we've, or we have been for the past three movies. So, first one, John Ratzenberger. He is the abominable snowman. Cliff from Cheers. He's in all the Pixar movies. 
Yes. The Luxo ball. Yeah, the little... Do you know when you see the Luxo ball? Um, Other than when you read this? <laughs> I, d- I do remember seeing it in Boo's room. Yes, it's in Boo's room. When she goes back to her room, she gives Sully the ball. The in, Pizza Planet truck. Let me ask you something real quick about Boo's room. Is not is it in Boo's room where there's like a little fish up on the shelf that people say is Nemo? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. The Pizza Planet truck is in Monsters, Inc. It's when a, a, guy, a lady uh, who's a little more on the countryside, mm-hmm. she beats Randall with a shovel. Yes. And well, the it's truck the is same. on the far left side of the screen. Is that, but that's, is that the same trailer that they were outside of in Bug's Life? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. One second. Teresa has a text coming through. I did, but it was like three texts all at once. So oh, was... you have it written down that it's the same motorhome that appeared in A Bug's Life. My bad. That's so funny. I wasn't reading. Um... Okay, all right. Now, Andy's cloud wallpaper mm-hmm. is shown while Randall is practicing his scares. I caught that. Yep. When Boo returns home at the end, a Jessie doll is seen on her table, yep. and she gives that to Sully as well. During the bloopers at the end, yeah. while Mike and Sully are walking to work, they wait at a crosswalk, and Rex is right there. And he roars and tries to scare him and stuff. And he's like, was it good? Was it good? I can make it louder. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, a larger version of the clown toy from Andy's room appears at the laugh floor at the end near the scream canisters. Hmm. There never needs to be a larger version of a clown, ever. Uh, Fungus, who is a assistant on the scare floor, gives Randall a copy of the Monstropolis Horn which is a magazine, and it features an article by Al Wiggin, and Al's full name from Toy Story 2 is Al McWiggin. So, coincidence? Okay, uh, cool. the toy airplane... I think not. The toy airplane that Buzz lands on when he first is attempting to fly is seen on a shelf at the very beginning of the film. Wow, that's a random Easter egg. Keep your eyes open for that one. All right, some Bugs Life references. The place Randall gets banished to is the old trailer with the deadly bug, bug light. Yeah, we've talked about that. All right, so from Finding Nemo, you were bringing this up. Before Mike says, and he is out of here, as they're throwing Randall through the door, Nemo can be seen hanging on the wall. Okay. Boo gives Sully a Nemo toy before he leaves her room, and he is hanging on the wall. In the room. Also, on the wall behind the sushi sushi chef. That is hard. Sushi chef. Sushi chef. Mm-hmm. Um, at Harryhausen's, there's a clownfish. Now, what they do, they like to show something from the movie that came before and a sneak peek of the movie coming. So mm. you're going to see that more often now. Okay. Uh, where you'll see a reference to the next movie. So that's and Finding Nemo is the next movie. There's an Apple reference. On the back cover of the magazine Mike receives near the end of the film, it reads, Scare Different, a reference to Apple. Think okay, different. yeah. yeah. Yes. All right, and then there is a reference to For the Birds. All right, not in Monsters, Inc., but For the Birds shows with Monsters, Inc., and there are references to For the Birds in Cars mm-hmm. and in Inside Out. So we'll okay. get to that when we get there. Great. Now it's time for Fun Facts. Fun Facts? Let me make sure the sound's up. Here we go. Fun facts. Woo. Say it proud and geek out loud. 
Okay, Billy Crystal. He's important because he was approached for Buzz Lightyear. What? For Toy Story, and he turned it down. He was a he was Buzz Lightyear. He was going to be Buzz he, Lightyear. They wanted him to be Buzz Lightyear, and he turned it down. So when they offered him Mike and Monsters Inc., he didn't even care. He just took it. I can totally fly. I can totally fly. Watch me fly. You he think I can't fly? It. I bet he did. Of course, he regretted not being in Toy Story. All right, Boo's real first name is Mary, and you can see it one time. She has like a drawing that she shows Sully, and her name's at the bottom of it. Mm, okay. All right, news that a teaser for Star Wars Episode Two would run before the film leaked. Yeah. And apparently a lot of Star Wars fans paid to see Monsters, Inc., but left after watching the trailer. I think that may be why I went to see Monsters, Inc., was for that trailer. And that teaser was the Attack of the Clones breathing, what they call the breathing teaser. Um, mm. It's the one that's just Darth Vader breathing. And as in each inhale and exhale, what's that? I said Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. Right. And it's uh, each inhale and exhale are. Um, There's scenes of like Anakin, right? Or scenes. Or that, just scenes that, cut, scenes from the movie. They just cut back and forth with each inhale. This is all it is, the whole thing. And then it goes into music. It goes. On. So Padme, Anakin. Ship, 3PO. Yoda, Django Fett. Speeder, Anakin, Obi Wan, Mace, ship, Camino, <laughs> Obi Wan, Watto, Slave One, Anakin and Padme hugging, R two D two, Obi Wan, bunch of baby Jangos, clones, kissing, Dooku, Anakin, in the episode two. So I mean, it was just a one minute thing. And it's set, you know, it's one of the, uh, look, those, tra- those trailers in this time period of life. Set, there was no, like, YouTube uh, 10 seconds after. <laughs> right. Set the world on fire. I mean, like, you found out they were playing for, before a movie and you went and saw that movie. That's what you but did. But, Steve, the prequels ruined our childhoods. Not mine. <laughs> Not mine. I would. Not mine either. Prequels it, made my childhood. That's right, because you were just a child back then. Yeah. Okay, early concept drawings suggested a more traditionally spooky landscape for uh, Monstropolis. Something akin to Nightmare Before Christmas. But since they saw scaring as being a job rather than like how the monsters live, they turned to a 1960s era. Yeah, I think that worked out better. I mean, you didn't end up with an... Because if you went, I think, Halloween Town, you would end up with more of an Adams Family type feel. Mm -hmm. And so I like the... Go ahead. I I like the way they did things. Oh, I do too. It took 11 to 12 hours to render a single strand of Sully's 2.3 million individual strands of hair. Oh this is what gosh. I was talking about the hair thing. Holy Big cow. Thing. All right. Harry Housens is named after Ray Harry Housens, the legendary. That. Huh? I knew that. The legendary special effects artist known for creating monsters for films like Clash of the Titans and Jason and the Argonauts. So many. Harry Housen is a stop motion monster creator. Like legend. Mm. Yep. Okay. Did Sully's expression as he watches what he thinks is Boo going through a trash compactor look a little familiar to you? No. If so, 
it's probably because you're a Warner Brothers animation fan. The scene is heavily based on a similar one in Chuck Jones's classic short, Feed the Kitty. I put this in here because I didn't know if you would know what that was. Um, I've never seen it, so I don't know. But apparently, it's pretty close. Let me see. Oh, my gosh. This is where I do remember this one. <laughs> this is where a little kitty cat befriends a big old mean looking bulldog. And or he yeah, like it's just a cute little kitty cat and the dog's going to try to be mean and the cat just won't do anything. And so it ends up cuddling with him and he ends up just learning to love it and everything. It's very much Boo and Sully. Mm. Um, and at one point, the little kitten gets inside and um sure enough it gets into like a um trash compactor and the dog as he sees this stuff going on with it like makes all those faces that Sully makes mm. so yeah that's cool all right randall's assistant jeff fungus is voiced by frank oz oh wow i didn't know that yeah. The design of the Yeti, a monster who was banished to the human world, is based on the abominable snow monster, a.k.a. Bumble, from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I knew that. I did, I did not know that. They look so <laughs> I'm similar. I'm sorry. It's not a trash compactor. The woman puts the, ca- <laughs> the, woman puts the cat in a mixing bowl. And, oh. so, and so, yeah, the dog is making, it's very reminiscent of what sold. Yes, that's right. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Alrighty. Well, let's get into this guy. Uh, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get into Monsters, it. Monsters, Inc. I do really like Monsters, Inc. I've always liked it. I love Boo. Kitty. Uh, it's just, it's so good. And the concept of it, like that there would be a monster world and a real world. And then also, I love that laughs get more energy than scares. Mm-hmm. I, um... I I love the fact that this movie is one uh, like with Toy Story and and Toy Story Two not so much a Bug's Life but with Toy Story and Toy Story Two maybe because it was centered around toys um, it was you you felt like it was a little more especially Toy Story One a little more for kids um, Bug's Life was a little more subversive you know and it worked really for adults as well. When you got to this movie, like the comedy played well, the uh, it, it holds up for any age viewing of this thing, because if you're if you're a kid watching this, the monsters are kind of cute or funny looking, and you know it encourages you not to really be scared of any monsters in the closet, that sort of thing. Uh, if you're an adult, you're really catching the jokes between Goodman and Crystal and and all the stuff that's going on there, and you catch just how emotional it is at the end. And you know, and and it's just a spectacle to look at too. The the thing that I remember most from the first time I watched this was just all the doors. Um, the, the when you get to the scene with just the thousands upon thousands of doors, it is amazing um, mm-hmm. to look at, and so such a cool sequence when they're you know in that chase and everything, and going in and out of doors and in and out of like different places in the world and everything. Um, I just, I think it's just, it, it, to me, when I was rewatching this movie, I just forgot how good it was because it'd been so long since I'd seen it. And, and I think it's a masterpiece of a film. I do too. And I think that the character of Sully, I like Sully much more than I like Mike. 
And <laughs> I, I don't know why, but the big one-eyed round green thing, I, I like the fuzzy one. Well, yeah, Maybe you that's do. That's why. Well, yeah, you do. But Mike, you have to have a mic uh, to play off of Sully. You have to because Sully ends up being kind of the the straight man in the comedy duo of those two. Mm, you know, yeah. Mike Mike is the the Costello to to Sully's Abbott or whichever one was the straight man in that duo. And and so googly bear. Yeah. <laughs> and so it just I think it really works, you know, and because he is also that friend. It, it's almost an 80s kind of comedy duo from a movie. You know, you got the friend that thinks he knows everything, but he's a little bit of a loser. You know, and he's kind of hanging out with the friend that's like, you know, the big superstar jock, cool guy, you know, that's a good dude at heart, which would be Sully, you know, and, and Mike's kind of the little weenie loser that kind of still knows it all or, you know, always has something to Mike say. Am I Mike and you're Sully? Um, no. I'm the weenie loser. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not a weenie loser at all. Um, but, you know, I just, I, I think it's, it's a great... It's a great classic comedy duo pairing. (laughs) And so I really like Randall as a, as a bad guy, but you know, he's really just water moose's minion, you know, water moose. Oh, the water is that the crab like guy. Yeah. The the big boss. Yeah. That wants to send them all the human world. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, uh, Randall, the thing about Randall is, he starts off just being a bully, just being kind of a bully, just being kind of a jerk, you know, jealous of someone else's success. And then he turns into this. I mean, he becomes murderous. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's when it gets kind of like, wow, this got dark quick, you know? Um, so, but he makes a great villain. And that's what I say where, you know, this works on, on for kids and, and, and up to the adults, because when you get to this thing, he's going to kill boo. You know, that's some serious stuff Can't going you on. I believe you're trying to kill a child. Yeah. <laughs> watching. Always watching. <laughs> Roz is fantastic, by the way. I do like Roz. <laughs> She's great. And, you know, Roz really does super well in the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor ride at Disney World. Mm. She... She's really good in there. Uh, she's recorded, obviously, but it's it's pretty good. If you haven't ever done the Monsters in Glass Floor at Mon- Magic Kingdom at Disney World, it's great and it's different every time and it's really really fun. Um, so let's see. Okay, so I think one of my favorite parts of this is when they have Boo at their apartment or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're freaked out because they think they're gonna die. And she sneezes and all this stuff. And then Mike gets sprayed with, like, disinfectant. He sprays himself. Just his eye. Yeah, he maces his eye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's just like, she's not going to hurt you guys. But they've been convinced. They've been brainwashed that children are terrible. Well, yeah, and that's, that's the interesting thing. It's like, did they... I'm trying to remember, did they know that? No, they learn. Okay. I think they, there's like the big reveal where Mike and Sully realize that they're scaring children um, for Water Moose's, you know, 
no agenda basically. Right. And it's like under a pretense that it's powering the city, which I think is is partially true. Um, well, their screens do, but they're but the laughs generate more power. I'm saying, like, was it a cover up? Were they trying to cover up that kids weren't dangerous, or did they really think it was until Boo comes along? Not, not my, obviously Mike and Sully thought she was dangerous, but I mean, like, were there higher ups? Was this a big conspiracy? Yes. Hmm. Okay, so they smuggle Boo back into the factory disguised as a baby monster, which is the cutest little outfit ever. <laughs> it's so cute. But, of course, Boo gets away. And then, oh, when Sully actually scares Boo... For the oh end, yeah, and she gets all like scared. Well, when she sees him do the scare demonstration, yes, yeah, and she gets scared. Yeah, listen, that little animation that child when it will break your heart. Like I, I'm sitting there. I realize it's a cartoon. I realize it's a cartoon. I realize, but when she gets scared and her little lip pokes out, I'm just oh my god. Okay, so what they discover is that. Uh, they're developing a machine called the Scream Extractor. That's right. And they're going to bring which kids. Which they're going right. to kidnap kids mm-hmm. and forcefully extract screams right. from them. Right. Because there's and, a power shortage. Right. And so that's why they're like, no, we're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And they're basically now fighting the institution. Um, and they're running around trying to get away. And they're trying to send them through different doors. And they're trying to steal Boo to use her as their first child mm-hmm. victim on the Scream Extractor. Right, right. So at this point, then, Moose Neck and, um, and Steve Water Buscemi. Moose yeah, Water Moose and Randall. and Randall knew that kids weren't dangerous to the touch, I guess. Yes. Okay. So there was a bit of conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And so then the laughs, and of course, then Rogowski, Wazowski becomes the big laugh guy at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that he's like, all right, he's trying to do his stand up act, and the kid's not really laughing. And finally, he just takes a tump off his chair, does a little burp, and everything's like great. Mm-hmm. And Sully is named the new CEO of Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. And the energy crisis goes away because they go and they start making kids laugh. Yeah. Let's talk about George Sanderson for a minute. Um, George Sanderson, poor guy, has the sock on. Twenty three nineteen, twenty three nineteen, and they blow up. I actually have, I have a pop vinyl of George Sanderson. Oh my gosh, that is one of the greatest. I, you know, I love a running gag, mm-hmm. and the running gag of him like constantly ending up with the human artifacts and just getting tackled by those guys and shaved and everything is just. It's a great running gag. Yeah, no, it's it's really funny. And it's I like basically when they shave him, they just completely shave off all of his fur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I was just looking at something here, and um, it, it had been mentioned to us that we talked about, I guess we joked about having a cry counter in, in, during the Pixar stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um. And and so so far, none of them have made me cry. Right, Monsters Inc. doesn't make me cry. Really? No. Oh my gosh! When 
when he has to leave Boo. I mean, I get sad, but it doesn't make me cry. Oh. But I get a little choked up. I mean, I'm not crying like, look, I'm not crying like Toy Story 2 in the fetal position crying, nor am I crying like, hey, we're just going to let um, Baymax deflate and leave him behind in this weird dark oh. world. Uh, no, that, but, mm, that's a whole other but, thing. But my little, I'm getting verklempt. I sure am. Yeah, okay, it makes me emotional. Yes. But there's not a moment in Toy Story that makes me cry. Me either. There's not a moment in A Bug's Life. Me either. There's not a moment in Toy Story 2. Me either. Uh, so this one gets me emotional, more emotional than any of the others have, but I'm not at crying point yet in the Pixar world. Right. Not yet. Well, listen... And I think it's important for us to kind of note some things. Here's what I think is more important than a cry counter. I think it's important for us to pay attention to when the emotional stuff really begins to get ramped up. I think it's Finding Nemo where she gives the I just don't want to forget speech. Oh, yeah, that one. You know, but... He touched the butt. (laughs) But this one, I'm telling you, when he has to when he has to get her to stay in her room and he has to leave, oh my gosh. Breaks my heart. I mean breaks my heart into two big pieces. Mm-hmm. Because I yeah. you know, I mean I just I you you just learn to love this little girl and and you love Sully and your your heart's breaking for him and your heart's breaking for her. And, oh, I know. Uh, it, see, it does. It gets me sad. It gets me emotional, but I don't cry. Mm. Well, oh. well, I'm not ashamed to say I get a little bit clamped. But it starts here with Monsters, Inc. I think, it, I think they start to ramp up. Well, I think they tried. Okay, for me, the Jesse song... In Toy Story it's 2. It's annoying. It's annoying. I think it's meant to be emotional, but it's just kind of annoying. It's not. It's annoying. Right. It's an... Na, 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 na. Somebody loves la, 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 la. You know, but I... And I can't think of a moment in A Bug's Life... It left me. I... <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> On a pile of trash. Um, I because they didn't want to play anymore. <laughs> but I still got my red hat. Um, I I can't think of any part of Bug's Life that was remotely emotional. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and not Toy Story One. Maybe when Buzz realizes he's not, he's just a toy. But even then, I think that little I'm song, Mrs. Nesbit. Yeah, I mean, well, they end up playing. It but I mean, crazy. when he first finds out, and they're playing the whole Randy Newman slow song and everything, um, you know, I think that's meant to maybe be a little sad, but nothing like Sully leaving. All right, Boo. so Pixar hasn't gone to the bad place yet. Okay, they get to the bad place. It's called Toy Story Three and Inside Out. Okay, they get to the bad place. And... mm. Can we skip Toy Story 3? We can't. You've asked me that multiple times. We can't. 
can can we skip Inside Out? No, we have to watch Bing Bong. Shh. Do it for Riley. Well, and let's not forget Up. I don't, you know, Up. I'm, I. All I really care about is Kevin. <laughs> 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 Honestly. Okay. Well, we'll see as we it's go like back the through big these. Bird and the birds thing. I know. We'll we'll see as we go back through these. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to watch it again. We'll we'll see. I don't know. Because if I were a rich man, <laughs> I have a friend like you. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man. Um. So over- I usually don't sing this much. I know it's great. I I'll tell you something else. If you just want to talk on the technical side of things, because I know you love doing that. Um. When you get down to, I know the, I know Sully's hair was a big deal, but like Randall's scales are pretty impressive. Um, yes, that's y- true. You know the again the back to the door sequence. I think that door sequence is that is one of the coolest things. It's one of it the coolest really sequences, and and those things just seem to go on and on and on forever, and and they they appear to be all different, you know. Um. It's a cool concept too. Like it's like you said, the idea of the other side of the door, you know, being a whole other world, a whole other universe. And a whole new world. Yes. That's where we'll be. Um It's just it's a cool a thrilling chase of wondrous place. For you, you and me. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. I apologize to everyone. I am not a singer. No, it's it's fine. Nor am I a singer. <laughs> and I got to keep it down now because I got someone in the next room. She, well, right, we lost our studio audience. No, oh. we lost her to a five o'clock wake up call. Oh. Um. So, yeah, the uh, the the monsters Inc. I I don't know why it's been so long since I've seen this film but i just know that it was it was really good and i was disappointed that i don't own it because it's just a funny fun heartfelt movie and it has a it does have a very good story to it i think so i think it really does and i and i do really truly think you know all joking about crying aside i do think that that what this movie shows in its storytelling shows just how much the Pixar team is evolving in its storytelling. It, it because from a story standpoint, uh, I think that they're getting that these movies get progressively better uh, so far. Yes, you know that maybe you know you may not have the same um, connection to the characters that you do with the Toy Story, you know, um, but you definitely the I think the story is is a is slightly a better story than even Toy Story 2 as far as just being a well-rounded, you know, funny, emotional. It's got heart. It's got suspense. It's got, I mean, it's just got everything you need in a good hour and a half long animated story. Yeah, no, I would actually agree. I think this is a stronger story than Toy Story 2. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Toy Story 2 is good, but I feel like out of the three movies, it's the weakest one. 
I from, guess four. Uh, from a story standpoint, I would agree with that. Um, well, four four is coming yet, yeah, Teresa. We well, haven't seen four. We haven't seen four. <laughs> but but of the ones that I, I agree that Toy Story two is is probably the weaker. What Toy Story two did so well though is it continued the story, for lack of a better term, of those toys of those characters that they had an adventure together. You know that was just it was just kind of an adventure story and you got to kind of delve into the origins of Woody uh, you know a little bit which was really neat and and there was some commentary on collecting but I just don't know that it was as cohesive and had the heart and drive uh, as as Monsters Inc did like I don't know there's just something uh, you know as I watch this movie and and as I think about it now I just really do think it's just a masterfully done story and movie i don't know that the characters are as good as woody and buzz um you know mike and sully i don't know that they're as good as characters as woody and buzz they're different of course yeah yeah no i would agree with that but i do think they're very lovable i think they're very relatable and um you know and they are characters that you know beyond monsters university i would like to spend more time with them i would too I like the idea of 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 doing something with them on on the Disney Plus coming up and that sort of thing because I do think they're worth spending time with and um and and obviously anytime the the imagination behind like all the different creatures and and the and the connections to other parts of even like our our personal like real life myth myth and lore and that sort of thing like I know the Abominable Snowman is based on the the design was based on the Rankin Bass Abominable Snowman, but the idea that the Abominable Snowman is a banished monster is really kind of fun. You know, it's like so Bigfoot's the same way, you know, Sasquatch or Loch Ness, all those guys are just like, well, they end up, you know, getting kicked out. Um for whatever reason. And so now they're here and they become like the legends and the stuff of legends here on I love that kind of stuff. It's just a really neat kind of take on that and and uh and I'm kind of at the point now of rambling. So <laughs> Well then I guess that's the end of it. I guess that's the end think? of it. Well, we've made fun of the Randy Newman music, so We have. Uh, should give it a let it breathe. You got a friend in me. Oh no. Man. With a million or two I'd live in a penthouse Oh, I forgot that these two guys sung this With a view And if I were handsome No way It could happen Cause dreams do come true I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you Wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have if I didn't have, wouldn't have nothing. Can I tell you something? For years I have envied. I do need to say this. She's out of the room now. Haley loves this movie because she loves Billy Crystal. Aww. And so she absolutely thinks this is great. And she was sad that Billy Crystal wasn't Buzz Lightyear when she heard that earlier. So, um, But I did forget these two performed it, which that, you know, it's better than Randy Newman performing another one. But, um... But to me, it's still just, I, I, you know, I didn't know if maybe this was going to be kind of the feel of Pixar music from here on out using Randy Newman, which would have been fine. I mean, it would have given it some, um, would have given it a bit of an identity. And I think maybe that's where they thought they were going. 
But I feel like maybe the next picture um, undid that a little bit. Because coming up next, Teresa, is... Finding Nemo! Finding Nemo. So, which, I mean... guess what? What? We're recording that next week. We're doing it a week from now, so... We're, we're getting some stuff out to you before Christmas time. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that because one of the things, you know, Finding Nemo became one of those very much quoted and, and referenced films, even amongst people our age. So we'll get into it next week. Until then, Teresa, how can people get in touch with us? All right. You can email us at vaulttalk at gmail.com. There's two T's in there, vaulttalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Disney Vault Talk. We also have a Facebook group. You can go to geekoutonline.com slash groups. Is that it? I don't remember. Yes. Okay. Uh, or you can just search on Facebook for Disney Vault Talk and our group will pop up. There are a few questions that you have to answer first. Um, oh, it's not Disney Vault Talk. No, it's, it's Guardians, Guardians of, of the, the Goliverse. Goliverse. I don't know what I'm talking about. We have a Facebook group called Guardians of the Goliverse. Look for that. And then you have to answer a few questions and then we let you in. We are on Twitter at Disney Vault Talk and on Instagram. I am at Ice Cold Penguin. Steve is at Steve Glosson. And you can follow the Goliverse at Goliverse. That's true. And if you want to help the shows out in any way, there are Amazon links at geekoutonline.com, geekoutonline.com, geekoutpodcast.com, and bighonkinshow.com. If you use those Amazon links, especially to do your Christmas shopping this year, it really helps me out, and I appreciate it so much, everyone. If you want to support the shows directly, you can go to patreon.com slash geekoutloud, and there you'll find Forceology, which is a course in the force that Shaz Bazaar and myself have been doing. Uh, we take what we learn about the force from movie to movie to movie and build upon our knowledge and it's been fun and also uh, weekly big honking shows are posted there as well. So check that out at patreon.com slash geek out loud. So until then, I'm Steve. And I'm Teresa. We don't remember what the ending No, we don't remember how we do the Pixar thing, do we? Now, may all your days be magical. And all your dreams come true. We'll see you next Wishes. time. Wishes. Wishes. Wishes, Steve. It's been so long. That means.